Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and I want to welcome you today to join us as we get into the Word of God. And today, I want to introduce my lovely wife, Hilary, and she is going to share a message with you that will amaze you about the wonderful goodness of God and how, as we trust Him, He's able to turn everything for our good. I wanted to share with you out of one of my favorite scriptures. It's Romans chapter 8 and starting at verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who are loving God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can prevail against us? He who did not spare his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? You know, those all things, they are the covenant exchange of fortunes. For my sickness, God gave me health. For mental torment, he gave me peace. For um, poverty, he has given us prosperity. God is for you. This is what God wants me to share with you. He is on your side. He loves you. Now, he doesn't necessarily love everything you do, but he loves you. And verse 29 tells us that God has a plan for our lives, each and every one of us, and that is that we are to be conformed to the image of his dear son. God is continually working in our lives. He's changing us from glory to glory. But he doesn't necessarily work in the area of our preference. For instance, our preference may be, Lord, I want to be prosperous, and God does want us to be prosperous. But maybe God wants, needs to work on an area which is to love your enemies. If you're in a work situation and you feel that uh, your work fellows are like enemies, then the agony may want you to just run away and feel this is such a waste of time. No, it's not. This is character building, and this is where God is working with you and conforming you to the image of his dear son. And God doesn't do wrong things for you, but he has promised that if we love him, he will work all things together for our personal good. For instance, in 1977, I became really ill with rheumatoid arthritis, and God didn't make me sick. The reason I had rheumatoid arthritis was because I had walked away from God and I had gone my own way. I had gone into spiritism and we know that that is not right, but I went into it anyway. And the result of that caused me to open a big door for the enemy to march right into my life. And so I found that I was in this situation with an extreme pain. It was like raging toothache through every joint of my body. And I went to the doctors and they just said that I needed to learn to come to terms with it, to accept it, because that's the way it was. And they gave me anti-inflammatory drugs. And 
I found those very difficult because I had side effects with them that sometimes seemed to be worse than the pain. And I took painkillers that never actually stopped the pain completely. It just made it more bearable. And I would be in such pain, I would just weep and weep and weep. And my life felt as though it had come to an end. And I'm sure many of you know what it's like to be sick, but then to be getting well, so it's more bearable. But when you wake up, and every day you are more disabled, and you are in greater pain, such a depression came upon me that I wanted to end my life. And I remember I used to line up all my drugs, and I thought, if I take all of these at once, then I could just end this misery. There was one thing that I think that actually God put into me, which was a fear of dying. Because, you see, I wasn't born again. I didn't belong to the Lord. I had rejected the Lord because I had come to the point where I said that Jesus wasn't the Son of God. He was a son, but not the Son of God. There's tremendous difference. I denied his deity. And so I was in a very, very dangerous position spiritually. If I had died as I had wanted to at that time, I would have gone to hell. And so I am so grateful that I did have that tremendous fear of death. Um, and as I said, I would line all the drugs up and I would seriously contemplating killing myself. And I'm so grateful for a very, very faithful lady called Jeannie Price. And I bumped into her in the street and she just happened to ask me, uh, where are you working now? When you are a child of God and you are praying, God will give you divine appointments. And all this dear woman said to me, where are you working? You wouldn't normally think that that would be a life-changing question to anybody. But it was for me. Because as she asked me that question, oh, all the sorry tale of how ill I was and how disabled I was. And she said to me, she said, God healed me of cervical spondylosis and he'll heal you as well. And you know how, you know, we Brits were quite polite and just smiled politely and I thought, yeah, cows can fly. And she said, I know an evangelist who has a healing ministry. And she said, he's going to be having an outreach and I forgot when she said it was going to be. I'll come and take you. And I totally forgot about it. Well, she arrived one night and she said, you know, come to the town hall, tonight's the night. And I did not, I absolutely did not want to go with every fiber of my being. I absolutely plumb, put my feet down, I am not going to, with you to this place. And so she just smiled sweetly and then she came back again the next night. I had had a terrible day in between and I had kept popping all the pills. On that occasion I hadn't actually tried to end my life, but I had just gone on and on and on taking the pills. So that when I was lying down, um, I had this floaty feeling and I felt as though my voice was miles away. And I heard her speak to my father and he, she said, we'll bring an ambulance. And he came into me and I said, just get that crazy woman out of here, please. And so he rather rudely told her to go. Now, if I had been her, I don't think I ever would have come back again. I am so grateful for you wonderful ladies who pray and you hear God and you will not be put off. So the third night she came and she came to me and she said, you are coming with me. And I was quite amazed. I was like a, an obedient little lamb and I went with her.
And I got to the town hall, and I hated the choruses. I really didn't like much about it at all. And then the man started to speak about the Lord, and I became very offended because I was a spiritist, and he spoke against spiritism. So I really didn't hear a great deal of the sermon. But when he asked people to come forward and give their lives to Jesus, I just knew that I knew that I knew. I had to get there. I had to respond to the Lord. I felt that actually my life would end if I did not. And so I received the Lord as my Lord and Savior. And then afterwards, we went back to our seats, and then Fred called us forward for those who needed healing. I had never, ever seen anyone go down under the power of the Lord. I, I just didn't know what it was. And I was rather frightened and very nervous about this. But when I stood before the evangelist, he looked straight into my face, and he said, The Lord has saved your soul. Now he's going to heal your body. Do you believe it? And I said, Yes, I do. And he laid his hands on my head in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he commanded the spirit of arthritis to leave my body. And I felt the power of God go into the top of my head. And as it went down my body, this wonderful, warm, glorious, powerful power, but a very gentle power at the same time, just pushed all the pain out of my body. And I remember sort of floating backwards. It wasn't frightening. I didn't faint. It was just wonderful. And I lay on the ground for a little while, and the evangelist helped me to my feet. And when I stood up, I was totally, totally healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Now, the sickness, well, it was my fault for going out of the will of God. But God did not bring it upon me, but he worked it for good. And God changed my whole life. And, you know, I was so stubborn that I don't think I ever would have turned to God unless I had been in such desperate circumstances. And so God has promised that he will work all things together for our good. And God has worked it for my eternal good. And he just requires us to go on trusting him and go on loving him. In Proverbs 3, 5, it tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Now, there are many of you who are analytical. You can have the paralysis of analysis. Well, I'm not very analytical. I have a lot of feelings, and I have the fog of feelings, where you can't even see where you're going. All oh, these feelings. That are but he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own um, mental ability. Do not lean on how you feel. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he will, if you acknowledge him, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. You know, that word acknowledge, it means intimate, life-giving, direct communication with God. And he will direct your path. You see, he will tell you and show you exactly what to do if you will listen to him. Psalm 37 verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Find scriptures that tell you about God's faithfulness and feed on them in your heart. 
It says, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. And he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I had an experience of that a long, long time ago. Um, my mother had a house that she let out to tenants. And one guy came in as a single tenant, moved his girlfriend in, and turned the place into a living hell for all the other tenants. So we had to go to court to try and get him to leave because he refused to leave of his own free will. And so there we were in court, and it seemed like everything, everything was going in favor of this dear man who had turned everybody's lives into hell. And God gave me this scripture, trust in the Lord, dwell in the land, commit your way to him, he will bring forth your righteousness. If anyone, if, if you are having to go to court and you are innocent, trust God. Just keep on trusting him and God will work it. As I sat in that courtroom and I just kept reading the scripture and reading the scripture that God brought forth our righteousness in front of my very eyes so unexpectedly. God will deliver you. Let's consider the life of Joseph. You know, this young man, he had two amazing dreams and promises from God as a young lad. You know, he was 17 years old, and his father loved him more than all his children. And he had a tunic of many colors, one that, you know, you would give to royalty. And his brothers were so jealous of him. The Bible tells us that they hated him and they could not even speak peaceably to him. That must have been such a terrible situation for him. And after he told them about his dreams, I mean, they really conspired to kill him. And then they realized, well, we shouldn't kill our brother, but, you know, let's sell him. And he came along and they ripped off this beautiful tunic of many colors. And they threw him into a pit. And do you know they sat down to eat their lunch? And they took no notice of his anguish and his cries. Then they pulled him out of the pit. They sold him to Midianite traders. And then these people passed him on. They sold him into slavery to Potiphar, captain of Pharaoh's guard. That poor boy, can you imagine what a 17-year-old boy must have felt? How terrifying. But he had a promise from God. He had those dreams, and he clung on to them with all of his heart. He knew that God was faithful, and that held him through these horrendous times. And it says, but God was with Joseph and blessed all that he did. Genesis 39.2, it says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Thus, um, Potiphar left all he had in Joseph's hand. And everything is wonderful. Here comes wifey, and I mean, he's a, a gorgeous-looking young man, and she really wants him, and she pesters him day after day. And one day, she actually grabs hold of his clothes, um, saying, lie with me, lie with me. He runs off and leaves his robe in her hand, and then she screams, rape. And of course, she told her husband when he came back, this dreadful Hebrew slave. And um, I'm sure that Potiphar secretly knew Actually, he wasn't guilty, but he did throw him into prison. I th I'm pretty sure that the, um, the punishment for raping Potiphar's wife would have been death. But he was thrown into prison, but God gave him favor in the eyes of the keeper of the prison, who committed into Joseph's care all the prisoners. He was in total charge 
because God prospered everything in Joseph's hand. And then we find that um, Joseph interprets correctly the dreams of Pharaoh's baker and cupbearer. And he said to the cupbearer, remember me when you're restored to your job. And he forgot him for two whole years. But then God gave Pharaoh two dreams and nobody could interpret them. Then the cupbearer remembered Joseph. And he sent for Joseph and they quick, you know, he had to shave and change his clothing. And he came into Pharaoh's presence. And he was from the dungeon to the throne in just a few minutes. Um, and we know that it must have been really dreadful for him in that dungeon. But he trusted in God. And he remained steadfastly loyal to God and all his relationships. Remain faithful to God in all that you do. Don't compromise, especially when your vision, your dream, appears not to be coming true. Trust in God. He will bring it to pass. And, um, you know, sometimes people hurt us. They don't mean to. They really don't mean to. But when they do, you know, I love this power verse in Genesis 50, verse 20. What you intended for my harm, God intended for my good. Believe that scripture. Hold fast to it. Say in your heart, you intended to hurt me, but I'm going to give it to God, and God is going to make something miraculous and wonderful out of it. And as you believe that, and you say it to yourself, you give God the open door, you give God um, permission to bring that to pass in your life. We serve a miraculous, wonder-working God who will partner with us in these dreadful circumstances, and he will work all these things for good. The circumstances and things are not good, they are not from God, but he will get in that situation with you, and he will work it for your good. Think of Joseph. I mean, he was um, a slave for 13 long years, and God is never late. He brings us through these situations, and sometimes it looks so dark, like the children of Israel when God brought them out of Egypt. And there they were, hemmed in by the mountains and the sea in front. But God made a way where there was no way. He took them through and drowned their enemies. And um, so they went into the promised land. And God has a promised land for you. God has a purpose for your life. And he will fulfill it if you will hold fast and go on loving God through the difficult times. You know, God is faithful. So often religious, religion makes us feel that God is cold, that he's gone off for a walk, that he's forgotten us. He hasn't forgotten you. You are the apple of his eye. When we come to know the real God of the Bible, we find him to be the most tender, the most loving, the most caring, the most giving person in existence. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, we see great depth of the Father's love for us. We see his great longing for us to be restored to him. And we see the great depth, depth of the Son's love as he hung on the cross, suspended between heaven and earth. And he stayed there. Love kept him there because he wanted to pay the price so that you and I could be restored to the God of creation who made us. And you know, for our sake, he gave himself over to the depravity and cruelty of men. He allowed them to torture him to death. But as he breathed his last, 
he uttered three powerful words, words of triumph. As he hung there, he said, it is finished. The debt is paid. And why did he do it? He did it for love. He did it for love of you. God wanted you close to him, in close fellowship with him, that he was willing to pay the highest price to give his son so that we could have wholeness, so that we could be with him. He chose to suffer unimaginable agony so that we could have a close relationship with God. God loves you more than you love yourself. In order to have this relationship, as I said, God even broke his own heart. He gave his very life. God is faithful. God has proved himself to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And God has promised he will work all things together in your life if you will continue to love him and trust him. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up all these precious souls before you. Father God, these dear ones who you love so intensely. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would open our eyes to see your faithfulness and that you are working all these things together for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. We'd love to hear from you. Please phone us and let us know. Um, if you'd like us to pray with you on the phone, if you would like any of the books and tapes that Derek will be telling you about. And just know that God loves you. And God will bring forth your righteousness as the noonday. And he will work all things together for good. He will bring something so miraculous and so wonderful out of this situation that you are in. Just cling to him. Keep your eyes glued on him. Feed on his faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.